Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, a horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I am your host, Otis, and I am joined by Katie. Hi. And Emma. Oh, me? Hi. How's it going? <laughs> so sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 1980 novel, the 1984 film, and the 2022 remake of Firestarter. Will she have the power to survive? Hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 221 of, of this illustrious podcast, and it is chapter three in our Stephen King month. So, just like I said before, the 1980 novel, it, this was, I believe this is his sixth novel that he made. I'm going to say right after The Dead Zone. Let me see. One. So Carrie, Salem's Lot, The Shining, The Stand, Dead Zone, and then Fire started. Number seven. That was number seven. I think I can count. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a thumb go up, so I thought it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we had, you know, there's tons of film or book to film adaptations of Stephen King stories. But this one was a little near and dear to Katie because she actually read it, what, a month ago? Maybe? Mm, a couple months ago from my book club. Yeah, so... When the 2022 movie came out, whatever month that was, we read it the month leading into it. Because mm-hmm. the plan was to read the book and then go see the new movie and figure out how it compares and whether or not it was worthwhile. Because the previews made it seem like it was going to be worthwhile. Yes, so that was a direct-to-Peacock, mm. or did it come out in theaters? It was out in theaters. Oh, okay. I remember just seeing it on Peacock pop-up, and I was like, oh, right on. So it I'm, went up I'll on Peacock really quickly. Yeah. yeah. It was in theater, like, it went to theaters, and it didn't do great right away, so I think they put it on Peacock, like, mm-hmm. two weeks later. Like, it was still in theaters, yeah. but they put it on Peacock, too. You know what I, I heard and realized? Uh, Rob Zombie, that Monsters movie... He said at the beginning of all of it, when he was working on it, that it was going straight to streaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then people saw that it was going to streaming. Now they're like, oh, the movie shit, the movie to streaming. like, no, it was supposed to go the whole time. Everybody's like, oh. Because <laughs> they yeah. want to hate on it before it comes out. But Of course they do, because people on the internet have nothing better to do. Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited. I mean, you're on the it. internet now, I guess, if you're listening to us, but. Yeah. This like, is the something better to do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't don't just shit on things just to shit on things. Like actually watch something before you shit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Says Katie, who frequently shits on things. Yeah. But, <laughs> so this is 1980. So six years into Stephen King's just writing career at this point. That's insane. And it's funny if you go back and look at like the plots or the stories of his beginning movies. This Firestarter is kind of. This is only his second movie, right? Uh, Carrie got made into a movie. And then this one. Shining got made into a movie. Oh, Shining was before this. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're and right. then this Dead is... Zone, but that was Christopher Walken. That was a little bit later, I think. I can't remember. He wasn't that wrinkly in it. This is probably maybe the third, third? Or, third or fourth movie, maybe. Yeah. 
But well, so it was four. It's only four. This at the time of its movie was only four years old, which is an incredible turnaround for yes. book to movie adaptation. Well, at this like, point, like crazy Stephen King, every story came out was a stupid like bestseller. So like, oh yeah, well, I'm yes. Great, but like even bestsellers now, like it takes a while for them to for movies to get made. Yeah, yeah. So. so even back in the day, I think that's really cool that they did that. But if you don't know anything about Firestarter, it's about a girl named Charlie and her dad Andy, and they are on the run from a organization that is really interested in their powers because they kind of gave it to them. But they really want their powers. But they really want Charlie. She's stupid strong, and all the situations that involve running from, I guess, the government or a group. The government. And it, so it was funny because someone said that the story was kind of along the lines of just about everything Stephen King made at that point. And Carrie, a female with powers, Salem Lot, Salem's Lot is about vampires, and it's an amazing story. The Shining, Danny's got powers. The Stand, I mean. There's an old black lady that's kind of like Jesus. No, that one's different. And the Dead Zone, Christopher Walken, he can touch people and see their future and stuff like that. So, kind of a person with powers. So at this point, yeah, just another person with powers. So that's kind of the biggest gripe I saw about the 84 film. They're like, it's the same. I'm like, get out of here. He's going to make like 100 more stories and they're all going to be different. But early Stephen King, everybody's like... He raised the same thing over and over. I'm like, what are you talking about? But I like mean, I I'm said, sure those are the same people who went and watched 25 Marvel films in the theaters. Exactly. Which <laughs> like is all did. fighting the and same. Like, oh, these movies are so different and so unique. I'm like, I mean, I love them, but are no, they? They're not. They're not. It's like, <laughs> so, yeah. a person gets powers, fights a bad guy with powers. Most ends. often, the same like, bad guys linked to the same bad organization. Yeah. It's always funny, um, my friends, when a new movie's coming out and stuff, and they're like, hey, watch out, guys. There's going to be spoilers out there about the plot. Well, just watch out. I'm like, what spoilers? The bad guy's going to die in the end of the movie, and the good guy's going to win. How can you spoil something? What spoiler? <laughs> this is a comic book from 18 years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can walk into this library and read it and be like, oh, okay. The and ending of it will not be different. The yeah. approach and the journey there could yeah. be. Yeah. But, but I always blows no. my mind when they're like, with spoilers? I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, this is a new idea. You know, it's not like 20 years old, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I'm complaining about spoilers <laughs> and things like that. So with the intro, uh, you might have heard that I threw out three different times or years so this one, for this month, it was going to be Stephen King book versus a movie. But this adaptation is special because a new one just came out. And if there was ever another movie that we picked and another adaptation dropped seconds in, we would do the same thing. It. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, they didn't drop right when we reviewed it. This and one's it like... it was close. Yeah. We, we could do... The problem with it is we didn't read the book. Like, you read the book a long time ago, but, like, none of us have read it recently because it's, like, 4,000 pages. But I still know a lot from that book. I I fucking love that book. But also, that book is problematic. So there are parts of it that are just like, "Mm, let's just forget about this. fucking great. Mm, But we did kind of compare the old movie to the new one when we reviewed the new one. A little bit. Not too much. Oh, yeah. I tossed out things. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Because at the end, they defeat the spider with a... He throws out jokes at him, and that's how he disarms the giant 
murder spider. So, I mean, they kind of, the movie, they did insults and turned him into a, like, a little person and they ripped his heart out. But oh, my word. In the original movie, they... Oh, they just fought They it. fought it with <laughs> battery acid. Yeah, there, there was and no, there was no jokes. Yeah, they just jumped him. <laughs> awesome. It was a, a kid with an inhaler and he just, like, sprays it. And like, yeah. Eat battery acid. He's like, oh, my God, it's battery acid. Wow. <laughs> because the kid believed it was battery acid. Yes. It worked. Because that's how fear monsters work. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do something. Uh, I didn't, haven't really thought this all the way through, but eh, it should still work out. So we're going to have Katie... That has read it recently, so she'll have all some of the differences and stuff. And then Emma and I have watched the 1984 film and the 2022 new version. And so we're I gonna... only watched the old one. Yeah, you're all right. Because I was told the new one was shit, so I didn't bother. Yeah, it's all right. But um, we're gonna try to throw out comparisons, comparisons, and I'm gonna open it up to the fact that if you have a favorite from whatever version. You can pick that as your favorite, or least favorite, because I did that. Because I was like, fuck, we got three different things to pick from, fuck it. This one from this thing is my favorite, so we'll do it like that. So if you have anybody specific, you can make your favorite or least favorite like that. So, But like I said before, it's a a dad and his daughter on the run from bad guys doing powers. So, we'll do it like this. Katie, what did you think about the story of Firestarter... And any adaptations that you have consumed, what do you think about it as a whole? I think it is a... The book and the old movie, at least, what I've watched, was a realistic scenario of what would happen if it was suddenly discovered that a young child... Like, two parents who have some type of minor powers had a baby Mm -hmm. and then that baby had like insane powers it i mean we've seen it many times in comics um this happens in many comic movies many comic books like it's all over the place you know two of the x-men get together and have a baby and then all of a sudden fucking scarlet witch is born and she's the most powerful thing that's ever existed right Mm -hmm. um this is very similar to that but Rather than being in the comic book world where there are plenty of other super-powered people to take care of the situation or help the child through it or handle it, whatever, we're given this story in the real world where the father and the daughter and the mother, to some extent, are the only people with powers and the government just wants to control them basically and that is exactly what would happen in our current world mm-hmm. uh should something like this be discovered i'm sure the newer version kind of tackles more of how it would be modern day because this was you know the 80s so there wasn't cell phones there wasn't like mm-hmm. wireless devices like no one was doing any of that in this older version um or in the book because the book takes place was written in 1980 so I think it's a very realistic depiction of what would happen if something like this were to happen. Some family just randomly fucking had powers, and it's scary to think about. I think the book does a really good job at scaring you, mm-hmm. um, at least in terms of what the the lengths the government is willing to go through to get control the, of control control of a child. Yeah. Be- for fear, both for fear of it being dangerous and for 
wanting to use it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm going to keep comparing it to comic books because this does happen so much yeah. in comic book movies. Like, think about what happened in Iron Man 2. Oh, no, in Iron Man 1 when um, Tony came back and he had the fucking arc reactor in his heart yeah. and he had figured it out. And then Jebediah was like, <laughs> oh. Obadiah. Obadiah, whatever I, I like the fuck. Jebediah. I like Jebediah. What a, Obadiah is a worse name. He's a curly-headed fuck. So. Yeah. <laughs> you knew who I was talking about. That bitch was like, oh, you know what we could do? We could create nuclear weapons with that and just destroy every nation. And then we could sell it to everyone. Except he and started And it would be wonderful. Like, and it was just so like, much. he was yeah. just, you know. Immediately the thought is to use it against other people to kill people. Yeah. Whereas. Weaponize it. To weaponize it. And, you know, as a common thing in comic books with this, I, I'm just going to keep repeating myself, was a really good real world take on it yeah well i don't know the book i have not read it yet um but the original version was very unnerving because of the time it was set in Mm -hmm. and how unsure a lot of things were Mm -hmm. in the 80s and how there was a lot of like experimentation through the 70s that kind of led up to how all this ended up it was very un- unnerving um but in the newer one it's similar to that situation it's still unnerving still like kind of gives you the heebies yeah but it's more of a focuses around right now like why they you know, as of no spoilers, technically, but why, why they want why the they, powers, why, why they need their powers, why they don't have internet or cell phones or yeah. any of the, you know, it's trying to teach a child how to understand powers that shouldn't necessarily need to have been understood. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... Very Scarlet Witch-esque. Yeah. Which uh, is very creepy. But, no, it was... I mean, they're great. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the whole thing. It's just terrifying to see it realistically. Yeah. Because it is so far removed from that comic book-esque kind of pretend nah that would never really happen to well (laughs) the way this one is set up gives it that potential in your mind yeah that who the fuck knows maybe it could because it is so weird and out of the blue and not like well look at this superman guy let's call batman we know he can do something or (laughs) well we got this other bitch with this glowy rope that just makes things happen (laughs) And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and it's not like the X-Men kind of thing where everybody's like, oh, mutants, we already know what you're like. But yeah. So that's, that's my hot take. Mm -hmm. So I read this, I can't even remember when I read it, but it was, it was close to one of the first ones that I read from Stephen King. I, it was Dark Tower. That was absolutely one of the first ones. And then I hopped in on the stand and it. I picked the biggest ones. I don't know why. And I went from there. And then I started from the beginning. And I read 
Carrie, which I thought was great, and the the movie from the seventies actually is pretty solid because go figure if you actually follow the Stephen King story, it makes a good movie, you know. But I really enjoy when Stephen King draws or writes characters like uh, like a father and son or a father and daughter like that or a mother. There's tons of stories where there's one parent having to fight for their kid or fight for something, just like in a Shining. You know, we have the mom fighting crazy dad with the axe. You know, and Stephen King's really good at that. He he really likes doing it. It's, mm-hmm. it's like his bread and butter is like one parent having to do a lot of fighting and stuff. And I'm just looking at a lot of his books and Pet Cemetery, shit in the Talisman. The kid was trying to save his mom from cancer and doing all this cool stuff. So. It, He's really good at that, and I enjoy Book Charlie, the 84 version of Charlie. I, I For some reason, I liked it a little bit more because she wasn't... And, and, and Emma, just help me out if, if you think I'm on the right path or not, but mm-hmm. the Charlie in the 2022 version, they kind of made her out to be... Like, they were aiming for, like, she was just really antisocial, didn't know how to talk to people kind of angle. She was a very angsty, tucked away teenager. Yeah. Kind of what you would normally hear is like. Teenager? Yes. Yeah. And so. Yeah, that one's way younger than Much farther along. But it. That's almost like what you would see in a preschool shooter situation. Not to be insensitive, but she was very. Doesn't want to have anything to do with anyone because she's afraid the second she feels anything, she's going to just... And she was very angsty and loose cannon-ish, not... I I did prefer Drew Barrymore. Yeah, I liked her. She was still moderately normal. She's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, if I just, you know, get a little too excited, the scary thing that's inside of me will get out. And Mm -hmm. I like that how she was, like, talking to it. She's like, no, no, go back back and then she was like looking at water and ice trying to like right. calm it down but in the book she's in second grade yeah like they literally talk about pulling her out of her second grade class yeah no she's like middle or high school yeah no she's supposed to be like seven i think she celebrates her eighth birthday yeah. on the run with mm-hmm. her dad yeah. like <laughs> mess but that's no, a mess but no i she's not a teenager and i i really like this story it's it's pretty solid yeah. so um but yeah no i it's one of my seven words but no i really need stephen king to make a sequel to this it's really fun so i'd love to see they did make a mini series tv mini series with charlie as an adult doing stuff and it, it was all right so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna follow the 84 films plot and then we'll just go from if you got something just kind of hands up it like that okay we got to follow some some line and we'll just do all the deviations i can tell you that the 22 version and 84 they don't even start in the same spot oh not so even a little bit <laughs> like the 22 version kind of does like a let's kind of start at the well not beginning but let's back it up some 84 is like shit's already happened and we're just catching up to them which i think is a better way to start a movie sometimes like you know, they're just on the run already in 84, which it looked cooler. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll do it like that. So we'll just get the, get it going. And then just whenever you get something, we'll just kind of pop like that because mm-hmm. that'd be the easiest way to do it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I almost flipped my pizza. So, 
Uh, as we start the movie, the 84 movie, yeah, Charlie and Andy, they're already on the run, and he's, like, got her picked up. I, I've seen dads do this to kids when they got to get somewhere real quick, just pick someone, like, shut up. <laughs> just, like, like I don't know, huh. like, like lumber. Right. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, they're behind us. Like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And they're already running and stuff, and I, it that was cool. I can't remember if the book starts like that. It's been years since I've read it. Mm, it's been a while. I've read too many But I know they between. do, <laughs> I know they do the flashback when she first they gets do, smashed, but. So, the... When is it? When it starts, he, I think it starts and he comes home. Okay. When the, I think the book starts, he gets home and yeah. Okay. So like I said, they are on the run and we just see these suited guys just chasing them down and they're just, you know, really scared. So, and we see that Andy, he has powers because they hop into a taxi to scoot away and the taxi driver i believe that was the tin man from the whiz if i am correct it looked like nipsey russell i don't think that was nipsey russell about to find out yeah uh it looked like oh like is that is that the tin man but anyway you guys will look it up for me uh he tells him like hey i got this 500 hundred dollar bill if you take us to the airport, and he's like, $500, oh my god, it's real! And we see that he can push, and that's the, the adjective they use, or the verb, the verb push, that he can change things in people's minds. There was one episode of X-Files kind of like that. He can make people see whatever he wanted, which I thought was really fucking cool. But Andy, he puts his hands to his head like it's fucking uh, like Professor X. Oh, Antonio Fargus, he was... I'm gonna say, I'm pretty sure oh, that was... man. I know he's in Foxy Shaft. Brown. Okay. He's Bunky and Shaft. So he's like cream corn and black dynamite. Uh, just quick aside, but yeah. Damn. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, So anyway. <laughs> uh, just like Professor X, when he, they use their psychic powers, you know, he had to put your hand to your head. That's, that's how you, you concentrate it. You can't just do it on your own. So he's... That's his power. They get to the airport... And they're hurting for money. And so Charlie, Charlie and Andy, they have a little bit of an argument about big bad and little bad things, which I remember that from the novel, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool in the 84 movie that they brought out those lines. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, so what he means by big bad and little bad, and they explain it in the novel a bit, is there are things that are... It's basically like when you are teaching kids about like white lies and real lies. Like... You know, the little bad is like, oh, I, you know, didn't wash my hands, but I told somebody that I did. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, the, the little bad. And then the big bad is like, uh, I don't know. I, I spit in a burger and then I served it. Yeah, I smashed, I smashed, <laughs> I smashed the TV and blamed it on my brother or whatever yeah. the fuck. You know, um, and in regards to Charlie, the character Charlie, the big and little bad is having to do with her powers. Like the... The little bad is like, oh, I accidentally caught like a piece of toast on fire. Like yeah. I was, I just got angry and that was the little bad that I did. And then the big bad is like, oh, I got really mad at somebody and I caught them on fire. Like that's, <laughs> that's the big and little bad that she's dealing with and how Charlie is using those words to explain her powers to her. Yeah. Trying to un- get her to understand how she's using them and how like what to do next, I guess. Yeah. Um, because 
in the novel, like I said, she is in second grade. She is, she turns eight, I think, over the course of the novel. So Uh she's young and trying to get a kid to understand and cope with their insane pyrokinesis is just a lot. Yeah. So at the airport, as they, well, the dad does it in the movie, he uses his push to make the just phone booth just spit out quarters, which is fucking legit. Uh, <laughs> dude, I'll turn to the ATM, just shake a little bit, and all the money comes out. It was the sound effects for me when oh, he was yeah. doing that. It's like, wah, I love that he has a sound wah, effect wah, for his power. He's like <laughs> grabbing his hair. He's like, oh, God. Yeah. So Charlie sees a very shitty man in uniform talking to his pregnant ex-girlfriend at this point, I guess. And it's like, that's not my kid. You were other people. Give him a face, babe. Doing all this stuff. And then she just gets a little too heated at the situation and sets that man's feet on fire. And he runs off like a freak. I would, too, if I'm just standing somewhere. And then my feet just caught on fire. Like, oh, so this shit. little airport scene is kind of the first difference. And it's not a huge difference from the book. But slight differences were made. Um... For whatever reason. I, I think the intention of the filmmakers was to not know that Charlie had powers yet. Uh-huh. Because we don't... At, in the movie, we haven't seen her powers at all mm-hmm. yet. Um, so in the book, we already know that she has powers. We've already mentioned them a bit. And she is the one who is getting the coins out of the thing. Her dad mm-hmm. is like knocked the fuck out in a chair because he hurt himself too much doing that thing to the taxi driver the taxi driver yeah. and the things that happened prior like mm-hmm. the reason they're on the run so he's like passed out in a chair and right before he passes out he tells her that they need money to mm-hmm. do anything and she fights it cuz she doesn't want to use her powers but realizes that they really do need money so she takes off her sock or his i don't know gets a sock mm-hmm. somehow and she goes to like you know how airports used to have like rows of payphones. Yeah. She just like slowly walked down a row of payphones and like used her power to melt the little change box thing and dump them all into like a sack. (laughs) So she has this giant sock full of fucking quarters and shit. Mm -hmm. And the thing with the military guy and his baby mama happens in the book Mm -hmm. and she kind of sees it but she also notices that that military guy is watching her. Mm-hmm. When she take like he sees her take out a thing of coins and dump it into a sock, so she's like, "Fuck, he might say something." So she then she intentionally lights his boots on fire and makes him run away, gotcha. and then they leave because yeah. of the distraction. So with a sack full of money, they head out to find somewhere to sleep, and they're walking down the highway, and Charlie. So their powers are a little more advanced because I know in the twenty two version she can not only set things on fire, but she kind of influence people to do things. She's got a little bit of yeah. her parents' powers, too. Yeah, which is pretty cool. But it That is. also happens in the book and in the 84 movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not as much. There's a scene. It, there's more <laughs> focus on it in the newer one. Yeah, so she feels that the bad guys are getting close, and so the dad hops off like the bridge and is going to catch this, I don't know, tiny man <laughs> that jumps off the bridge. And they roll into the freeway, and then they almost get ran over, but it's fine. And they get to the hotel, and they go to sleep. So at this point, we get our flashback with Andy and Vicky. They're college students, and they are in this, like, test experiment thing. So 
uh, you need something experimented on, you need to find out the side effects of something, t- tell college kids. That I was going to say pay broke-ass yeah. college people in um, the 70s. Broke kids don't give no shit about their lives. You got free drugs? You don't know what they are? Right? Let's go. I get 200 bucks and I just got to drink some something? Drugs. Shit. <laughs> shit. You had me at 200. So, uh, Vicky and Andy, they're right next to each other and they're like, ah, I would probably just gonna get the water anyway. And they already like are smitten with each other. And as they're sitting there getting the drip of the lot six, that is the name of the hallucinogen drug, Vicky's like, that was really nice what you said. And he's like, I didn't say anything. He's like, he said my hair is all beautiful. It's like, what he said, like copper on fire, which is a very mm-hmm. Stephen King line. <laughs> he loves describing stuff like that. And he's like, I thought that. And they're all jacked up. But then you see the rest of the people in the room, and they're all bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> And shaking and ripping their eyes out, (laughs) (laughs) screaming. So the book does spend quite a bit of time discussing the Lot Six experiment and Mm -hmm. what happened. Um, In the this movie, it's made to seem like it was a they went to this one thing and then they were done and Mm -hmm. that's how it ended. But in the book, it is like this drawn out, like it lasts uh, several months. I think is the. The length of the experiment and like you have to keep coming back to get more injections um and in the book we really get more information on what's happening to all the other people in the experiment because in the 84 movie at least you just kind of get a glimpse of like here's other people in hospital beds that are not doing well um but you really get to see what happens so of all of the people there was like 30 people in this lot six experiment in the book by the time the whole experiment is over and college is over only four of them have survived yeah and vicky and andy are two of them one of them is like straight up crazy and in a crazy house Mm -hmm. and the other one had like it was being chased in a similar situation by the Mm -hmm. shop but escaped to california um, and they come back, like, they're part of the story in the book um, a bit, but, yeah, not, they're not super important, but only, like, four of the 30 people that were involved mm-hmm. actually survived, and the shop has been basically hunting them down. Yeah. Well, in the in the newer one, they also skim over it very quickly. Yeah. There's the difference in the experimentation part is all you see is the interview with Andy and the interview with Vicky. And it's not even the full... It's like, here's three questions for Vicky. Here's three questions for Andy. And then it's amidst giving you the opening credits of the yeah. movie. You get like these garbled, very grainy, just yeah. in and out. Here's somebody screaming. Here's somebody like with their head taped to the bed. This yeah. person straight up ripped out their eyeballs and laughed and handed it to... Whoever and yeah. it's like, what the fuck? And that, then ha- they that don't happens talk in the book. That anymore. happens in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, the book does give you a lot more expanse on the experiment. I think mm-hmm. it's like two full chapters, maybe yeah. just one, but because Stephen yeah. King writes long ass chapters. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he does go into a lot of detail about what each different person kind of how they deal with the psychosis. Yeah. And as the experiment goes on, like, how much worse it gets for some of the mm-hmm. people. Like, there is a guy in it who rips out his eyeballs and, like, just 
a whole fucking thing. Like, yeah, because <laughs> they they mention yeah. in the movie that it's based off a pituitary hormone that yeah. they like yeah. synthesized and tweaked. Yeah, and it's not. Honestly, what happens to the rest of the group isn't super important to the rest of the story. Um, at least, like you can, I understand why they pulled it out of the movies, mm-hmm. but it's weird that they would leave those little bits in of like the people in the background, yeah. just without talking about it at all. Like there needed to be a couple of lines, I think, added to at least the '84 version. It was just like. Yeah, some people go really crazy and then, like, scan the room. Certain directors would do something. Like, if it was Tarantino made it, there would be a voiceover, and it's like... Or actually a quick scene, it's like, here's Janice from the same experiment, and then it's like Janice ripping her eyes out. He would have done, like, a good 30-second scene Mm -hmm. of people getting fucked up. If Quentin Tarantino made this film, there would have been a five-minute shot of Heather Locklear's feet. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it it, but the it is great. right. It is weird that there is such a skim yeah. of all that, and then it's like, oh, Andy and Vicky are totally normal. They're fine. They're just yeah. talking. Well, they're just hanging lucky. out. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And how and the why, book? Though? The book also goes into like their friendship and relationship quite a bit more. Yeah, we get you like know, yeah. They de- seconds of it. We develop. They develop like how they came to be, like how they started dating, how mm-hmm. they got all involved. You know. But yeah. you don't really need that in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Like, so, these people are together. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so <laughs> we <a> see <laughs> that Vicky and Andy, they, they get together. And w- there's another little flashback that they have an eight-year-old daughter. Hey, it's Charlie. And Vicky tells Charlie that she can't... Oh, what was it in the movie? She said no to her. Oh, because Andy is actually wanting her to get better with her power, just in case. Because, you to, know... To be able to control it. Yes. And... Charlie gets grumpy because Andy's like, okay, we're done for tonight, you know. And Vicky's like, okay, go to bed. And she's like, no, I want to do it one more time. And so Vicky's like, no, go to bed. And Charlie's like, no, I'm doing it one more time. And she gets a little too heated. And Vicky's arms just catch on fire. And I know... Her Vicky's, oven mitts. She's yes. her oven, oven mitts. Yeah. This is another part that is so very different. Yeah. <laughs> in the new one. There's... Well, the whole beginning is different because yeah. it starts... With her just having had the baby, mm-hmm. and then the baby's in the crib, then the crib catches on fire, and then they're like, what the fuck? So that that and is in the book. They're, they do talk about um, her, Charlie, as a young child, mm-hmm. and dealing with, you know, how they got through the toddler years, and, like, how they dealt with it, and it, everything. It was very, it was interesting, but I see why they left it out. Like, yeah. it, made, it made sense. But there was a lot of concern, like, just... You know, because toddlers throw tantrums and they yeah. cry over dumb shit. Like, oh, you moved my toy. Let me cry about it. So yeah, <laughs> it's just like there was a lot of they, there was a lot of explanation about that mm-hmm. and how they had to deal with it, but they didn't deal with any of that yeah. in the movie. But in the new one, the arms thing or the oven mitts, mm-hmm. she's like decently into this story. She's already struggled at school. She had an issue with a bully. She blew up the bathroom. Yeah. Not yeah. jokingly. She straight up blew a fireball in the bathroom. None of those things happen in and the And so she's already struggling and now her parents are freaking out that they're going to be found and they don't have Wi-Fi or cell phones so that they can't be tracked and they've made it this far and then she starts freaking out because she's had all this 
Mm -hmm. Like, oh God, I'm sorry. I tried. I was just trying to throw it at the water and I didn't hurt anyone. And her mom is trying to say, I know. I'm glad you didn't hurt anyone. This is wonderful. And her dad's like, you should have controlled it better. This is not the point. And he's all angry. And so she gets heated at her dad. And her mom's trying to like... Calm her down. Calm the situation. And she straight up whole arms on her mom just yeah up and ooh buddy does she burn the shit out of her mom's arms i think in the book her mom's arms actually do get burned not like they do yeah. in the movie but it's i can't remember how bad it is well cuz she actually <coughs> calls 911 while yeah. her dad's trying to put out the fire on her mom's arms yeah. and then she like hangs up on them yeah and that causes problems but oh yeah sorry sorry to no, jump no, no. the ship there but no 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 because uh, yeah i remember some cops like oh there was a call from here it's like oh no it's fine the fire kind of got out of control we <laughs> fixed it and the cop's like are you good are you sure it was a fire and she's like yeah he's like all right is 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 do you need to talk to me without your husband around? Are you good? She's like, she's you like and your no, daughter I'm, need anything. Yeah, no, I'm good. It was not him. Yeah. It's all right. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> but, um... So the movie, the or the book, actually, we... So, sorry. The movie kind of just dismisses Vicky. Uh, the old movie. Mm-hmm. Just, like, she's there for, like, a minute, and we get to, you know, she went through the experiment, and she's the mom, and then she's gone. Um, the book does explain a bit more about her because it goes into, you know, Andy and Vicky's kind of life. Mm-hmm. Basically, Vicky doesn't know that she has powers or just isn't aware that she still, ha- that she has powers at all in the book. That's fucking weird. So she thinks that she got the, no, what is it she thinks? So she got powers from the experiment, right? And over time, after leaving college, she thinks that they have gone away Mm because she doesn't... Because she's not focusing on them. She's not focusing on them. Mm -hmm. Um, She's dealing with her life or whatever. Yeah. But Andy, whose powers are different from hers, notices every once in a while in the book that something... Like, she will have read his mind, Mm -hmm. like, unconsciously. Or she will have moved something with her mind across, like, a Mm -hmm. counter... Um, and not, you know, didn't even give a second thought about the fact that she didn't actually use her hands to do it. It just moved. Like, Um, here's a pen, Katie, but I didn't hand it to you. Exactly. (laughs) So Andy is recognizing these things, Mm -hmm. but Vicky isn't noticing at all. She doesn't think she has powers anymore. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, she's very aware that Charlie has powers and Andy has powers, but Mm -hmm. to her... I guess consciousness, she doesn't anymore. Yeah, and I mean, in the old one, like you said, they very much skim over yeah. Vicky. Like, yeah. it's, oh, how sweet, that was the nicest thing, and then boom, baby, and then yeah. burned mittens and gone. Yeah. And in the new one, she, like, denies. She goes, no, I'm not going to use them. We said we weren't going to use them. Yeah. I refuse. Yeah. And she, especially that scene with the cop, she looks like she's contemplating... Pushing, yeah. Pushing and being like, I'm fine. Yeah. You don't need to report this. Yeah. It's fine. But you can see that she's like, oh, God, I don't think I can. Yeah. Like, yeah. But she definitely acknowledges that they're there in the new one. She just is like, it's, I can't. Yeah. 
So, uh, this is the point where all three of them have this, like, nexus point, I guess to pull from a Marvel term, but <laughs> we have different versions, but Andy, he comes home with either Charlie with him or not with him. This is a flashback, mind you. Yeah. The, in the newer version, it just it's happening, but they come home, and then to some extent, Vicky is dead. So, in the newer version... The uh, Andy and Charlie, they go out for ice cream, and then they were like, well, I'm going to apologize to Mom for you know, burning her and stuff. He's like, oh, she'll be fine. She's not, she's not mad at you, because Charlie's like, is she, is she mad at me? I'm like, no, you'll be fine. You know, you weren't intentionally trying to do it. Yeah. And they get home, and guess who's at home with Vicky? Hey, it's Rainbird! And this Rainbird's got powers, I guess. He's, the newer version, he's a powered, he was a powered kid at some point, so he's even more dangerous and Vicky, in the newer version, she's got telekinesis. Mm-hmm. So Vicky tries to fight off Rainbird for a little bit, and she's out of practice. Because she tries to, like, toss something at his head, and she misses. And he's like, oh, you have She practice. goes for the lamp, and he just barely moves yeah. his head back. And she's like, fuck. And yeah. then he starts chasing after her, and she's literally throwing everything off the walls at yeah. him. And can't. Yeah, hit him with the broadside of a barn. Yeah, she's out of practice. Man, in the 84 version, Andy just comes home and Vicky's just murdered. She had, what, a sock stuffed in her mouth? Yep. So the 84 version, movie-wise, is much closer to what happened in the book. Well, I feel like both versions are kind of similar to what happens in the book. Uh, we get a full fight. It is Rainbird that does mm-hmm. it, I think. No, it's not Rainbird. It's one other agent, but I could see why they would just use yeah. him. It's some other agent and his partner, and they show up to her house, mm-hmm. um, or to their house, and Andy is at work, and the daughter's nowhere to be found, but they show up, and they... Charlie's it, with a sitter or something. The, she's yeah. with a friend at a, or at a friend's house, mm-hmm. and she they confront Vicky, and Vicky's like, I'll never tell you whatever, blah, blah, blah. And in the book... They, there's a big fight mm-hmm. scene, and she ends up getting, like, chloroformed, mm-hmm. and also, like, something shoved in her throat and then shoved in the closet in the laundry room. <laughs> yeah. Like, so in, when, they, when he finds her in the 84 version, that's what exactly what happened like yeah. she was just fucked up <laughs> there is like a pile of blood or like a trail of blood mm-hmm. that leads to the closet and she's just dead oh he straight up said please don't be in here yeah and yeah. i was like oh god yeah yeah that was pretty sad so andy he finds charlie after calling around to see where she is but finds charlie and charlie found a chloroform rag. She found it real good. And I was like, God damn, it's like a big old snoot of that rag. So in the book, they fix this situation a little bit or go into more detail. He calls that friend where mm-hmm. she was staying. And the person on the other line says, she was here, but your friends just picked her up. And he's like, what friends? The guys in suits. They said that they worked with you and you said, you know, you were getting home late and they... You were supposed to pick them up, which is every fucking parent's biggest fear. Um, So he races over as fast as he can, and he rolls up right as they are, like, chloroforming her and putting her in a fucking van. Yeah. And so this is where we see a pretty cool scene, and I think in all versions, that Andy, he uses his push, Mm -hmm. and he makes 
both of them, I think in the 84 film, mm-hmm. go blind. Yep. And they're like, you can't see. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> and so they're freaking <laughs> out. Uh, in the book, I believe they were at a park. I was in the car when you were listening to this part. And I think he has to, like, push a couple of people because they're, like, watching. Like, what the fuck's happening over there? Yeah. And then he's like, man, my brain hurts. Let's go. <laughs> and yeah. saves mm-hmm. her. In the 22 version, uh, this gets a little crazy because Rainbird is about to kill the wife or killed the wife. And he has Charlie with a knife to her throat. And Andy's like, please don't do this. And then Charlie, like, sets the house on fire and, like, blows him away. Well, she's, yes, but she he has her blind blindfolded, like, with his hand. Oh, yeah. Because the whole point of the new one is without her vision, she can't direct her anything. And so... That's some made-up shit. That was not part of the book. He's got a knife to her throat and her eyes covered. And she's going, where's mommy? Trying to ask uh, Andy. Oh, Andy, yeah. And Andy says, where's my wife? Where's my wife? He's getting all pissed. He's trying his mind, Chinese food mind games. And she's freaking out. And everything's starting to get warmer and... All the locks on the cabinets are getting all <laughs> messed melty. up. And yeah. So in a Salvador Dali painting. Just. Yep. And then she gets freaked out because Rainbird says to Andy after he finally like yells, he's like, "Where's my wife?" And he goes, "I think you know." And then Charlie screams, and the bolts fly off the cabinets, and out falls the wife from. On top of the washing machine or yeah, whatever it was. Like that, yeah. Something or a shelf or whatever. Something from the cupboard she fell off of. And so Charlie's absolutely pissed. And every time she screams it's like this. Who am I thinking of from X-Men that screams and has like a... Oh, uh, with Banshee? Yes. That's the one that screams, yeah. And it's basically a banshee scream and everything gets on fire. Rainbird gets shot back and the dad's like, oh, fuck. And they have to leave <laughs> at that point because the house is on fire. Yeah, they, they scoot the fuck out. So this point, uh, different amounts of time go by. I want to say in the 84 version, they, they've they been running for a while. Mm-hmm. And the novel probably running for a while. And I think the 22, it's like, Maybe a, a week or two or something. Max, it seems very yeah. con- compact, but much quicker. They meet up with old man Irv and his wife Norma, and they take him in. And uh, the Char- Manders. Yeah, Charlie is super cute in the '84 version. In the book, this took like a week. Yeah, two weeks because yeah. they they use up all the change that they mm-hmm. re- had to stay at a hotel. Like they're on a little motel on the side of the freeway, and then they make their way, I guess, to the Manders farm. But the span between the mom dying and them Mm -hmm. ending up on the farm is only like a week or so. Yeah. And it's Irv and Essie in the new one. Oh. And that situation is... Yeah. That's kind of crazy in the new one. That's a lot. It's Irv and Norma Manders. Yeah, Norma and the old one. So uh, the 84 version, Irv is probably the... Well, that and the book are probably the nicest versions. The new one's kind of a poop head for a little bit. But Irv instantly figures out that Andy is not telling the truth and the daughter because she slips up a couple of times about their mom. She's like, 
Oh, my mom used to say that. Says that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. Because she's eight. And so Irv, being the nice one in the old movie and book, he's like, hey, you guys in trouble or something? Like, the daughter mm-hmm. obviously isn't, like, afraid of you, so you yeah. seem to be in the right right now. Mm-hmm. And he explains everything to Irv, and he's like, well, you need to get out there and tell people about this. And he's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. It's just we haven't had a chance to really sit and just be safe for a little bit. So it's kind of nice eating, like, some nice food and just, you know, sitting quietly for a while. And inadvertently, as they were on their way to the farm, some bad guys on the side of the road changing their tire sees them and gets the license plate. And that's how they get caught in the old version. In the new version, old man Irv sees a news report about it, and they make it seem like that Andy is a bad person and is kidnapped. What, kidnapped Charlie? Is that what they were going for? Mm -hmm. Yes, that he had killed his wife and stolen his child yes. and was on the run after and then they name like five alias that he's yeah. using and I'm like that's extreme. And so Irv actually calls the police because he's like, Oh, there's a crazy person in my house. Oh, and he's shit. watching it on repeat. Ew. He's yeah. like this one minute clip and then he rewinds it. <sighs> Some Fox News bullshit. Old his folks. whole his whole mentality is very Yes. And after Charlie uses her powers to talk to the wife because the wife is... She's on life support. Yes. She can't talk. She's, like, awake and looking at you, but she's that fucked uh, up. That the wife forgives Irv because of an accident that left her just in this coma because he feels like it was his fault. Like, it was kind of crazy moment, but she pulls, what like, a... the fuck? Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And, like, she what? she got all fucked up. Her son died. And then, I guess, Yo. he was super drunk and ran head-on into somebody. Yeah. And this is all coming after noticing that there is no exaggeration, like, 27 bottles of beer on his oh, floor yeah. in front of the television while he's watching this shit on repeat. <laughs> and... So Andy's like, bro, you Why drunk. Why would you even... What? <laughs> That's what I'm to saying. To what like, purpose does it serve you to stray so far from the story? Well, I think that's the whole thing with modernizing it. They're like, well, let's change some things up, I well, guess. But what... You took a, a character in the book and the original movie that was just this sweet old man, farmer, and his wife... Mm-hmm. Who's completely normal and took them to super fucked up Fox News loving drunk and well decrepit wife. Yeah. Was it, why? I literally wrote on here farm wife is on life support. Farm it's, scene is what? It's literally <laughs> important to the story mm-hmm. that she is a normal it's like a normal functioning person. family, yeah. Oh, yeah. That the two of them are normal people. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the divergence Well, and really it's happens. how he meets him, too. Oh, like, yeah. So in the 84, he, like, he just pulls up and he's like, oh, hey, and he's this nice guy. And he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. They're just talking. It's super sweet. Yeah. In the new one, he's like concerned because Andy says tell the man your name and she says her name and then he's like questioning it and he's like you want me to drive you to Boston and he goes 
I'll pay for gas. And he's all concerned. Uh, no, I need to go check on my wife. And then he's like, how about for a $100 bill? And he starts, like, why? using a little push on this guy. And he again, gets all... Why? Yeah. yeah. None of that was necessary. The, okay. The so, friendship of the Manders is so important to the story. Well, yes. <laughs> so, like I said, the divergence happens at this point. Because when Hard. the cops appear... We learn in the newest version that the cops don't stay there long because Rainbird comes in and kills all the cops. And he then, snipes him from the cornfield. And then shoots Irv in his leg because Irv pulls a face turn. He's like, oh, wait, you are a good person. That's the bad person. Ow, my leg. Bitch, he, I told you. And he goes <laughs> down. And Charlie and Andy, they get trained. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. In the old one, they do. Uh, nope. Sorry, sorry. In, in, so Charlie... Gets away because mm-hmm. Andy pushes and he uses his powers a little bit. And so Charlie scoots off. Andy gets grabbed in the newer version. So Charlie is in the, the woods for a while getting better with her powers. And so mm-hmm. in the older version. Yeah, she like spends some time like eating the wrong berries and, and she trains drinking from a thing. And yeah, that's how she gets stronger. A whisper in her head tells her <laughs> she needs to. Yeah, so she gets stronger in the woods. But in the 84 and novel version, that Charlie and Andy, they fight off the... Yeah, okay. So they mm-hmm. fight off the bad guys the from the... All the cops and the DSI people. Yes. Well, nope, there's no cops. The shop. There's so, no, it's just yeah. shop yeah, They fight off the shop boys. <laughs> Pet shop boys. And <laughs> <laughs> they scoot off because Irv tells them about his little cabin that they can stay at. Mm-hmm. What else? No. Irv's place. Nope. Oh, they just found it? Nope. So Was it theirs? So... <laughs> Uh, they use their powers and they kill all the DSI people and Irv is like, shit, you were really not joking about what the fuck is going on. Go ahead, take my other, we have another cart. Yeah. And Norma's like, "Mm, maybe not. Like, this is wild. Maybe don't do that. Maybe don't help them. And he's like, just shut up, lady. We gotta let, we gotta help. (laughs) We gotta help these people. So then they drive off and they go to Andy's grandfather's Mm -hmm. cabin. Yeah. In the woods in uh, upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And this is a cabin that was left to Andy um, years and years ago that he just has always kept the key on his key ring. Like, they make a point in the novel to point out that no matter what has happened in his life over the course of 20 years or whatever, he has kept this key key. ring, this key, because of his fond memories of childhood. Mm -hmm. So they go to that cabin. Okay. That makes sense. So they're at this cabin for a while, and then, unfortunately, as they send out messages to different newspapers and stuff, that gets them kind of put on people's radar, and Rainbird finds them and shrinks them and brings them in. So yeah. in the, I'm the not shop lie, has eyes seconds, I thought they were going to throw Andy in the river. Oh, yeah. And so so I was like, them. oh, my God. And then they just threw him over his shoulder, and I was like, phew, okay. Yeah, they should have did that. Even uh. though I knew what happened in the book, mm-hmm. when I was watching the movie, I really wanted Andy, like, as soon as Charlie was tranked, to pick her up and jump in the water. Like, clearly yep. someone's in the trees. Like, right. just grab your daughter, get in the water, and, like, get under the dock and move so that no one can fucking shoot you. Because <laughs> the trank isn't going through the wood. Yeah. yeah. So, at this point, like I said, the divergence has happened. Charlie, in the newer version, is in the woods, and she works on her fire powers and gets pretty good at it. She is able to make fire start from a campfire she's able to make it explode and stuff 
And then she decides that she is going to find her dad. <laughs> and she heads toward... Vengeance. Yeah, she heads toward the... First name, Charlie. The building. She actually... Chuck Vengeance. <laughs> she actually gets an agent... I watched the shit out of that. <laughs> Chuck Vengeance. It's like Michael Scarn from The Office, except it's Chuck Vengeance against scientific experimentation. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yup. The Lot 6 files. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I'm like... Hoping for this now. <laughs> Jesus. Just, the Lock Six Files. Doom, doom. Chuck but Vengeance. But not with the Lock Yeah, starring Chuck Vengeance. <laughs> so, Charlie, she finds the place and she gets an agent's card from him. And then the agent's like, hey, I don't got a gun on me. Don't kill me. Please don't set me on fire like you set everybody else on fire. But then he goes for his gun and then she burns his ass up. So, uh, she gets down to the bottom and she finds the Andy in this cell, this glass cell, and, oh, I didn't even talk about Captain Hollister in this version. Uh, it's a female, and it's not yep. Jed Bartlett from the West Wing. You, you just, also, just go we, ahead and talk about the new version, and then we'll go back and talk about it. We skimmed the over the here. fact that Captain Hollis, in the new version, not only is she a she, she was not originally DSI, she most recently took over DSI, and then the scientist guy is in a fucking loony bin. It's oh, yeah. Red Foreman from that 70s yeah. show. It's Kurtwood Smith. Oh, man. And he's just, she brings him fucking pixie sticks for him to make, like, cocaine piles separated by color in yeah. a row. And she's like, I need you to tell me where to go and how to find these people. because I, And I'm like... What <laughs> is happening? Yeah, it got kind of weird. So, I mean, it was already weird. The second you were like, Chuck Vengeance is out here for fighting forest fires, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so the captain tells Charlie that, hey, we're in this room. If you try to burn me up, you're going to burn up your dad. So let's just talk a little bit. She like hugs him. Yeah. She's like hugs leaning him? on his shoulder. Oh, on I would Annie. too. I'd be behind his oh. ass. I'm like, don't burn well, me up. I'm going to burn you too. <laughs> and this is this is the moment where it flashes back to the beginning, his conversation with Vicky. Vicky says, how come you don't just push her? Mm-hmm. You push everyone else. You're willing to drop that whenever you possibly can. And he goes, I would never do that on my own daughter. Like, she needs to learn how to control her own. And at this point, yep. that lady leans on his shoulder and he's like... Charlie, Charlie, look at me. And he fucking pushes her. And this girl just lights that shit up. Yeah. So she unlocks all the security doors and walks through the place, sets everything on fire. She burns everybody. So Andy's Her dad included. Burns everybody. And then she goes to fight. And so she meets back up with Rainbird. And actually Rainbird saves her from some of the guys because they have like the fireproof suits on and she's shooting like tons of fire and they're not dying instantly. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh shit. And Rainbird saves her from the bad guy, shoots them up and then Rainbird just kind of sits in front of her and he's like, I know I killed your mom. I'm a piece of shit. I shouldn't have been following them but I was kind of like you when I was younger. <laughs> like, I know. It's, yeah. This is how I felt when I was watching it again after the older version because she, okay, she had no remorse when her dad burned up yeah. in front of her. She was just like, fuck this shit. And then she just stands here, like, 
steaming this guy's Calvins and not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so she spares Rainbird because she realizes that the group has been using him too. So she's like, oh, you're just like me. Just kind of a dick. And so they <laughs> head off together on the beach. Mm-hmm. The end. Well, <laughs> he stays there for a second because oh, yeah. she walks out and he's like, what the fuck? Because he, fa- he half expected, like, all the things. He was like, I'm going to die right now. Yeah, he was and expecting to get exploded. She goes out to the beach and she's it, everything she sets her foot past lights on fire. So she collapses right before the water and starts, like, picking up all the rocks. And she's like, oh, my God. And then he comes out, stands next to her, and she looks at him all tired. And then he scoops her up all heroically, and they're walking away and avoiding the searchlights. And then it's over. Yeah. So, like I said, that's the divergence. (laughs) And so we go back to the 84 in the novel version. They both get scooped up, and they're taken to the, the shop. And at this point, we see that Rainbird, he goes undercover as John, the, the, the nice the orderly. The nice janitor orderly guy. And he gets in good with Charlie because she don't trust nobody, as you should, little girl. And she gets a sweet-ass Coleco vision, and she plays games for a little bit. Uh, I told Katie if that was me, I'd be like, I need an Xbox Series X, Chief. If y'all want me to yeah. burn stuff, I need all the new games. In the, in the <laughs> book, um, she doesn't get video games. There's a slight change it movie to book um you know they kind of it's for time's sake like this end section in the shop in the movie takes place over the course of what seems like a month yeah um but in the book it takes six months between when they very first get there and when the blackout occurs Fuck. So it's a it's a extended a amount of time, yeah. and it takes Rainbird a really long time to gain her trust. It's mm-hmm. very very slow. Oh yeah, because um, it's pretty quick in the. In yeah, the, I mean, you obviously don't have time for like a montage of six. Yeah, months. it seems like every time they meet up, it's like been a couple of days. Well, it was like in but. the Otis when we were watching it. It was like the very first time that Rainbird comes to clean her room, mm-hmm. and they're talking. And I was telling Otis. In the book, the like the first like fifteen times he comes into her room, yeah. she or into the sweet thing she's in, mm-hmm. she goes into her bedroom, like the bedroom yeah. part of her room, and closes and locks the door and just doesn't say a fucking word. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you. Why? Where the fuck is my dad? Basically, is it the first time he comes into her room when the storm? No, that was that one of the later that, okay. times. Okay, that's later. That's yeah. like the last, second to last mm-hmm. time. And so room. while this is happening, we meet up with Andy, and Andy's getting his ass drugged to the gills to keep, well, to help his powers, because for some reason his powers ain't working as good since because he's just, like, melting his brain every time he does it. He's not like, Aunt, like, like Charlie. She can just crack out fire everywhere and not feel that bad. But Andy's power is, like, fucking with him. So, so. the description in the book is that the more he uses his push, mm-hmm. the worse the headache is. Like, yeah. he gets extreme migraines from it. Yeah. Um, and if he uses his push more than, like, hey, go get me a soda, like, like once a day or whatever, like, he has had to been using them while they're on the run, um, they cause microaneurysms in his yeah, brain. Yeah, they talk so, about that. So that's why he gets nosebleeds. Yeah. In the book, it's really bad when he uses it. Like, he can 
he's very aware mm-hmm. of these aneurysms as they're happening. And he can feel them getting bigger as time goes on through the book. As he's using his powers, he's like, shit, I really need to stop. <laughs> like, as stuff is going on, he's just like, this is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, they don't really mention it in the book because he's just like, I gotta yeah. get the fuck out of the shop and get my daughter. Uh, or in the movie, I mean. But in the book, they go on. Mm-hmm. It goes on for a minute where he's just like, yeah, this is happening to me and I need to stop it. Yeah. yeah. In the new one, he bleeds from his eyes and he talks about it with his wife. Oh, yeah. He's like, it's getting worse because it's now coming out uh, in my tears. It's not just pressure or yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So we see that John, he's systematically breaking Charlie... Charlie's fiery wall down. It makes sense. And there was a uh, a storm that happens, and Rainbird's all scared because you know the Kong they dumped him in a hole back in the day. Supposedly, and, yeah, uh, he probably wasn't a war. I yeah. would say. Uh, I think in the book it's actually a lie. Um, no, actually it might be true in the book. Yeah, because I think in the book that's how they explain uh, his eye. His why eye, one his, of his eyes is dead. Well, why he has a big ass, mm-hmm. like, cut and stuff. Was, I think it was from Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. So Andy has been pulling a, a a trick on everybody, and he's still using his powers. And he's, like, been turning on, changing channels and shit. He's been well, kind of working on it. After he stops taking the pills. Yes. He's, like, pulling a Shining and, like, hiding the pills mm-hmm. in. Like, yeah. Not the Shining, the... Misery. Misery. Pulling a misery and hiding that shit. (laughs) Spitting it in the sink. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets a note to Charlie saying that, hey, we're going to get the fuck out of here tonight. So we're going to meet in the barn. Getting out of here. And Rainbird is ready just to karate chop Charlie in the face at any point he gets. Uh, They show him karate chop someone earlier in the movie and just absolutely destroy their face. And I was like, God damn. Oh, God. His description of that is just... He's ready to blow her shit out. So... The the scene the person he kills is actually Doctor Joseph Wanless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's um, the, the science guy. Um, and that that person plays a very important role in the book. That they just like said fuck it in the movie. Um, he is the leader was the leader of the Lot Six experiment mm-hmm. when Andy and Vicky were in college. Yeah, he's the one that came up with the idea and administered it. So yeah. he's been watching over this whole thing. Um, you said in the new one there was a point where the captain goes to see yeah uh, Cap goes is to just, see Wanless yeah. in the hospital or whatever to like get he's ideas. in a crazy house yeah so basically at the end of this or in the book Wanless is has this idea that because that the two of them had powers the girl is going to be insane like he's the one feeding the information to mm-hmm. the shop. That she is going to be super powerful and super dangerous. Same in the new one. He said she's going to wake up one day and launch a nuclear explosion. Yeah. (laughs) So he is rambling this stuff off, but because he's like older, um, you know, the cap kind of just writes him off and is like, he's wild and he's talking nonsense. Like, and he tells Rainbird, go take care of him. Mm -hmm. And Rainbird, being a dutiful assassin, goes to do that. But before. The book has this, like, insane description of uh, every time Rainbird kills because Rainbird is, like, super OCD and, like, everything has to be a certain way when he does mm-hmm. it. So there's a, this really long explanation before he kills. But before he does anything, he gets Wanless to tell him every single thing about the Lot 6 experiment. Because remember, Rainbird knows nothing. Mm-hmm. He's just an assassin guy, and all he knows about what's happening is... 
Charlie is, like, really important to the story. Mm -hmm. So he gets Wanless to tell Rainbird everything. And then Rainbird karate chops that bitch in the face. (laughs) Dead. Yeah. (laughs) So Andy hypnotizes Jed Bartlett. Young Jed Bartlett. Martin Sheen. Yeah. And they meet up at the barn. And we got old Rainbird, or Janitor John, is... (laughs) above in the bar and he's like hey Charlie come up here so I can chop you easier what was that nothing I want to give you a hug up here just climb on <laughs> up real quick so I can chop you <laughs> he keeps saying chop what does that mean so they head in and then Andy comes in and she's like hey my friend John is hiding in the, the fucking hay up there for some weird reason and he's like no that's the bad person he wants to chop you in the face Charlie get away from him he's like that's who killed your mom yeah <laughs> and so at this point uh, Andy has Jed Bartlett shoot at Rainbird, and Rainbird dodges some bullets and then shoots Jed right in the head, just destroys his shit. Mm-hmm. And then at this point, Andy pushes on Rainbird because he's he can see his face good enough mm-hmm. and has him jump off. I love in the old version the way he jumps; he just kind of just eh, and his shoulder <laughs> hits first, but apparently his leg got fucked up. Yeah. I bet in the book he actually probably walked off that bad boy like it was nothing and then blew out one of his legs. Because mm-hmm. Stephen King loves doing graphic stuff like that. So he probably, for real, blew out one of his legs. So at this point, Rainbird on the ground shoots Andy right in his neck. And Andy goes down. And so he tells Charlie, hey, man, don't destroy this place. You got to make sure this place is gone because they're going to keep going for you. And you got to remind them, show them that this is a war. Like, you, you gotta fight, and you gotta make sure everyone knows what they're doing is wrong. And Charlie is like, yeah, time to burn this place down. Rainbird shoots a bullet at her, and then she just decides to melt the bullet in the air, <laughs> and then just fire him away. He flies away, and then just insta-melts. I was mm-hmm. like, god damn. So, that's stupid hot, to, like, insta-melt people. Mm-hmm. And she melted someone earlier, and they turned to a straight-up skeleton in, like, seconds. Which well, is absurd. Remember, there was a thing earlier where they were where they were doing the tests. They were doing the tests in the thing, and the little temperature gauge said it was like over four thousand degrees yeah. in there, or six thousand. She had like gotten that shit over six thousand degrees in that room. Yeah. So Charlie starts doing the sweet ass like fireball balls, like missiles. <laughs> yeah, magic missile fireballs at people. Magic missile. They were actually real. They didn't use CG. Well, they didn't have CG back in the day, so they were like like fireballs like on they tracks. They did for a second. Whatever that was, uh, that when that bullet came at her and she exploded oh, it, yeah. that was CGI for sure. That was, that was drawn, That actually. was Terminator shit. <laughs> Terminator 2 shit. that was like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> it was probably drawn. Hand drawn. Sure, that's yeah. true. It could have been probably. that. Probably. <laughs> what was it, 84? Yeah, they probably mm-hmm. threw that shit. So, Charlie destroys the whole place and shoots tons of, like, fireballs at people and fires tracking on the ground, chasing people, and they keep turning around and looking at the fire. They're like, oh, God, it's closer. And then they catch on uh-uh. fire. And she burns the building down. And then Charlie hitchhike it, hitchhikes back to the Manders farm. Hey, they're still alive in this version. And... She's welcome back. That's her new grandma and grandpa. And then Charlie and Herb, they end up in New York City. And she's going to find all the newspapers and tell her story to the media. So Her last line was so sweet. I did it, Daddy. I love you. And yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's good stuff. So that is the, the journey of three different versions of Firestarter. 
And so, apparently, oh. there's like a TV miniseries yeah. from 2002 called Firestarter Rekindling. Yes. <laughs> that's supposed to be her, what Charlie is like a young adult or yeah. something, dealing with the trauma of her childhood. And I'm like, Fire fuck. So, fire burn. <laughs> so, I will say, um, there are a couple of things that were kind of skipped over um, just in the explanation, kind of in the movie. They a little bit talked about them in the movie, but they really go into detail about them in the book. Um, we get a lot of information about Cap um, in the book and a little bit more about what is happening with him. Also... Andy's psychiatrist, Dr. Pinchot, um, wasn't really mentioned at all in our description, but he mm-hmm. is very important in the book, at least. Um, and they kind of just relegated his role in this movie all to Cap. Like, everything mm-hmm. that happens important to Pinchot happens to Cap. But in the book, when Andy stops taking his pills and starts regaining his power... Mm-hmm. He slowly starts to control Pinchot. Mm. And um, as he is pushing Pinchot to get him, you know, he wants to just see his daughter and get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, he wants meetings arranged with Cap. He wants to do all these different things. And Pinchot is slowly but surely getting Andy access to all of these things. Yeah. Well, the thing about Andy's power is that the more he uses it, the more fucked up his brain gets. Yeah. The more he uses it on you, the more crazy you get. Yeah. So Pinchot literally goes crazy from the amount of pushing that Andy has done on him and kills himself. Fuck. In the book. It is fucking wild. By the time he tells or he gets to meet up with the Cap and convince him, the way that he gets Cap kind of on his side is by using snakes. They mention it for like a second in the movie where he just like, oh, that snake might bite you. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, because he had find he finds out earlier from Pinchot that the cap is really afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. Andy keeps using this to the point where the cap goes cr- a little bit, cr- like kind of crazy in the book and he starts seeing snakes everywhere. There's a point where he goes golfing with people and he goes to like hit the golf ball and the golf club in his mind turns into a fucking snake and he Hard freaks pass. the hell out. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, so, so, I would too. <laughs> yeah, Andy's powers are fucking people up at the shop. Yeah. Um, and like when Pinchot starts to lose it, Cap starts to realize that Andy has his powers back. Mm-hmm. But by the time he can tell anyone else about it, Andy already has his grasp on Cap. So it's just... Yeah fucking wild and then we didn't really talk about um the bribing that happens they keep to get charlie like the whole reason she's there is they want to see what her powers can do um and she refuses flat out because her dad told her before don't do a damn thing i'll never do it again yeah but they slowly bribe her they start with like yes you can see your father um and they just keep pulling that lie like Mm -hmm. you can see your father you can see her and she never ends up seeing her dad um but then they bribe her with like, oh, do you like horses? We have a stable. You can go horseback riding and all these different <laughs> things. Of my seven and it's just like, it's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that all happens. My favorite part in the book um, is when in the barn, basically, right before shit goes sideways, um, 
like the dad tells John to sh- to jump, and then John jumps and ends up shooting the dad. He's like down on the ground. The dad <laughs> fucking tells Charlie like basically fuck him up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm dead. I'm gonna swing die. Away, Earl. J- yeah, yeah, swing away, Earl. Like just fuck it. And yeah. she takes it to heart, and she wrecks the fuck out of that place. It Boy, is beautiful. She. she lets all the horses go. She doesn't hurt a single mm-hmm. horse. Her horse gets to go away, uh, but she fucks everybody up. Yeah. And then the only difference, really, at the very end is when she gets back to the Manders farm, um, they, rather than it just, like, end really quick, the book, it expands... She ends up becoming their daughter mm-hmm. um, because they mentioned like they had always wanted a kid, and they hide her basically from the town because yeah. the town knows that she that they can't have kids, and they mm-hmm. would ask questions like where the fuck did you adopt or whatever. Yeah. So they basically hide her away at the farm from the town, and then while all that's happening, the shop is reformed. Uh, they brush what happened under the rug, blame it on a terrorist firebomb attack. Um, and then they start the manhunt for her again and as soon as they're kind of aware that that's happening again Charlie's like you know what fuck this I gotta keep you guys safe and she just leaves on her own Mm -hmm. she gets to New York and the plan is to go to the most unbiased non-federally related regulated newspaper that she or news outlet that she can find and she ends up going to Rolling Stone and tells them her whole story the end <laughs> cool so Katie who was your favorite character in the any version of it any version of Firestarter Irv Manders <laughs> the best old man <laughs> right he is so good uh, I think a lot of the characters a lot of the main characters in the story well a couple of them have good qualities but Irv was just the best he, he was the most genuine yeah, uh, he just kept, in the book especially, he is really sweet with um, Roberta, they call mm-hmm. her. Um, Bobby. Bobby, and it's just like their relationship, friendship is so cute, and mm-hmm. he's just the best. And the fact that he and his wife end up taking care of her after, you know, at the end when all is said and done. And yeah. Clearly her dad's nowhere to be seen at the end. Like, it's just, it's beautiful. Irv's the best. Mm-hmm. Emma. Um, in the older version, I said Irv was my first choice and uh, Andy was my honorable mention because he was like, he was a monster powerhouse of a dad though. Like he was all about telling her, no, don't hide who you are. You know who you are. You just need to learn to control it, how to control it so that it doesn't come out and hurt people when you don't want it to, Mm -hmm. you know? Learn how to use it appropriately. Charlie was great. Yes. Um, also, yes, I had her as an honorable mention. Hey, don't take everybody. She is. My, <laughs> sorry. And Andy. They no, were, everyone's great. In the newer version, I had Andy for sure. Because... Zac Efron? Though... With his eyes bleeding? Yes. <laughs> I didn't care for it as an adaptation, per se, but as its own movie... I don't know, Zac Efron was just more of a, like... He seemed like more of the badass and less of a support system, per se. But he was very, well, this is how it is. We've discussed this. Do it. Mm -hmm. 
And that was, he never changed that. And that was, I appreciated that. Yeah. So. Just like I was saying earlier, obviously, I, I picked Andy and I wrote Andy version. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there were spots of Zac Efron, which was really cool. It sucks that his power wasn't as good as the first Andy's powers. Mm-hmm. In the 84 movie, that dude was doing cool shit with his push. Yeah, he and was. he wasn't bleeding as much either. He just got nosebleeds. Like, that was it. <laughs> he just sat there in his conversations and was, like, wiping his nose yeah. a little bit. Like, Zac Efron is not doing a lot. And it's, like, bleeding from the eyes and shit. I'm like, god damn, your powers are fucking you up. You're not even yeah. doing that much. But uh, I just think it's really cool. Like, a dad burning himself out to keep his kid safe. I think that's really cool. Because he knows, the more I do this... It's not good on my brain. I should yeah. not be doing this, but I, I can do it. I I have to because if I let my daughter do her power, it's just gonna cause more issues for us later on down the road. Yeah. Especially if we're like in an airport and she just burns everything. Yeah, that's an issue. We're not gonna get out of here. So mm-hmm. I gotta make my head hurt more. Oh, I'm bleeding. I gotta keep doing it. So uh, Andy, any version is always. The coolest person and no shit charlie's awesome too she's shooting fireballs man like that's for damn <laughs> that's sure cool so katie who was your least favorite character in firestarter now this was my least favorite character across all three versions even <laughs> though i didn't see the newer one mm-hmm. and that would be john rainbird now in the book i hated him because he is portrayed as almost pedophilic yep um his Mm -hmm. his like need to be around her and it's it's borderline pedophilia and I, i didn't really talk about this when we were talking about the book but very important to his character his whole goal is to be the one who kills her Mm -hmm. to the point like in the book he gets off on the idea of killing her. Um, Like, that's his dream. You know, he brought her in. He's become her friend. He's done all these things. And in his mind, he has created this perfect scenario for her death already. He is just waiting for the minute to kill her. And John Rainbird in the book is absolutely the worst character. Like, forget the fact that we're talking about a government agency trying to kidnap a seven-year-old. Like, John Rainbird is absolute crap. And why was he white? Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, well, I'm not gonna say that's my least favorite character per se. Is that either one of yours? Well, kind of. Uh, It's part of of mine. Okay. (laughs) I didn't want to keep talking because I wasn't sure if you guys were going to jump in on the John Rainbird thing. Okay. He's my least favorite in the movie version because it is very, 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 very important that the character of John Rainbird is Native American. Which he is in the new one. It is brought up a lot. He is in the new one. I did like that. Yeah. In the 1984 version... Oh, he's white. He is played by a white actor, which is just absolutely atrocious and horrible and fucking just garbage. And he is very implied... In the in that too. new version, my hatred of John Rainbird comes from the way they adapted the story mm-hmm. and the fact that she ends up with him anyway at the end. Yeah. Like, no, she melts him yep. to goo. Like, garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Mm-hmm. Emma. 
Okay, so mine, I have two. One for the old version and one for the new version. So in the old one, I wrote the one-eyed whack job <laughs> because <laughs> it is John. very obvious that he is pedophilic. It's the, not even like not a close quarter, to the book. A, it's not even a quarter. Like they barely scratch the surface. Yikes! On how just gross he is. Because when he looks at a picture of her, he's like, "It's just gonna be me and her. I love her. I need her." There were and definitely then when he's, moments in the, in yeah. the movie because there's like a second where he just like. Does one of these yes. on her knee, and yeah. I was like, Ew. in the movie Ew. when he Stop. starts doing that, I was like, please tell me your hand is gonna not move anymore because I yeah. can't. I, I can't. Like yeah. we're done if you fuck with Drew Barrymore right now. Mm-hmm. But in the new one, I wrote Hollister because the way they changed the character completely. Well, yes, but the way that she was in the new one was very almost like she had given herself lot six. Yeah. And she was very manipulative. Like, she was trying to push. Because she had the lenses the gl- on. Yeah. So that was But every weird. time she, like, tried, they would flash. It was fucking And weird. I was like, what? Yeah. I'm completely thrown off, but I hated it because of the turn they took. But also because of that garbage where she's, like, trying to relate to them. Yeah. But she's like... Don't kill your, don't kill me. You'll kill your dad. And I'm like, oh, you're such a fucking bitch. Yeah, that was, but that was a waste of. I couldn't movie. stand the new Hollister. How about you? So I wrote new Rainbird. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed inadvertently. It, I guess that's the whole new version of it. It's like, well, if we need a bad guy that can stand up to Charlie, well, let's give him powers too. And then the second they were like, oh yeah, he's super powered. He can take her on. I'm like, what the. It's just, it's a grown-ass man. It's a little kid that shoots fire anywhere, but it's a grown-ass man that knows she's dangerous. That's all you need to maybe stop Charlie. But this Rainbird's got powers. And in the end, she's, you know, Rainbird's like, sorry for killing your mom. And she's like, eh, that's cool. And then yeah. they walk off onto the beach together. I'm like, that's fucking weird. Like He that- straight up carries her away like it's some beautiful yeah. thing and I'm like uh if, what if you were gonna have Rainbird be the person her guardian her new guardian have Rainbird be like hey let's wait for them to come back and then we can trank all of them and then have some of the people under him be like oh she's she's got a weapon or something and they kill the mom and he's like no why did you kill her that's just gonna cause more issues and then Charlie gets there and burns the place up yeah. that would've been a better way to be like oh Rainbird didn't wanna kill the mom he just wanted to catch them all and everything fell apart, and then have Charlie yeah. be like, "You killed my mom." He's like, "Yes and no. I was in charge of that, but I didn't do it." And then they become friends in the end. That'd have been yeah. better. He straight murdered the mom, and then they kind of fucked the pig on that one yeah. really badly because they were trying to make him like, "Oh, he's a bad guy. He killed the mom," and then like, "But they're friends now." I'm like, "Fuck that noise! I'm burning that dude when I get a chance." The you know? drawing board lines yeah, did not they, line up. They really could have made him just sympathetic to the point of like, "Fuck this plane went to hell," mm-hmm. and now she's on the run with the dad. I didn't want this to happen, but yeah, no, new Rainbird. He's pooping just about every yeah version. It made me sad because he was actually a Native American. I thought that was yeah. really cool looking. He looked cool, and he it, should not have had powers. It was like he was like retired, and they brought him back out to do this because she had powers. They they like called him, and he was like chilling in his like apartment, and they were like, "We need you to come back for this." And I was like, "Oh, so he's not even involved with them? It's just he's doing his own thing?" But they're like, "You're the only badass that can do this." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay, okay." Just I didn't like that he 
did that and became friends with her in the end. So let's do seven word synopsis. So I have three of them. First one is burn it all, Charlie. Burn it all. <laughs> I just said that if I had a bullet in my neck, I'm like, blow this place up, please. <laughs> right. And then Bella just flies around shooting fire out of her mouth. <laughs> my next one is having powers seem like seems like it fucking hurts mm-hmm. uh you know you don't see this in the x-men but geez man like oh i'm gonna change that into a cupcake oh god i gotta lay down I'm like fuck powers if i'm gonna die from it they mention that in the new one a lot he makes sure that he drives the point home this is the toll it takes yeah yeah like it's but yeah, oh, it but does it makes seem sense. like it's uncomfortable. It's like what that movie, what Limitless, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing all this cool the shit. The Bradley Cooper one, yeah, but yeah. it's like, yeah, you're burning your fucking body out. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to be doing this much, so I guess you know, brains can only do so much. Then my last one is, I need Stephen King to write sequel, please. So he's had, he has made sequels to the stories because people are like this is fucking great. Please do another one. He's like, okay, and he sits down for five minutes and he comes out with five hundred pages. So I need him to make a Firestarter, an official Firestarter sequel. I thought I'd think it'd be really cool have her be older and still on a run or fighting or she has a kid and, you know, the dad dies from something bad and it's just her and the kid trying to stay alive. That'd be really cool. And Stephen King, he's real good with, like I said, parents and kids. That's his bread and butter. He loves doing that. So, and Charlie could just fight and then maybe some other superpowered person pops up and she has to fight that one for the safety of her child. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Katie. Pedo aspect of John wasn't stressed enough. Yeah. <laughs> the book, like I said, gets way... Uh, it feel it, He doesn't go as far as to like kiss her or anything, but it is stressed that he has a, an unhealthy obsession with her and... The idea of killing her. Also, like I said, his need to kill. Like, he has this, like, weird thing about killing. That's just... They don't talk about it enough in the movie. Yeah. Um, Barrymore could have used another year of acting. Yep. Um, she was wonderful in E.T. That was her very first project. And then, I think right after that, she did this. Um, there might have been another movie in between, but it was basically like that. Maybe and then Cat's this. Eye, another Stephen King like short story. Maybe she has. She didn't do much. She was very young in this. Yeah. Um, and they're just like she needed another year to kind of get out of the like the weird pausing, like looking at the camera or whatever, like making sure that her line was right or her delivery. Like another, yeah. like one extra year or mm-hmm. even like a little bit more acting classes or whatever could have helped. Her portrayal uh, just a little bit. Yeah. Like, I feel like there was, it was just like a little weird at points. Slightly off. Some of it was really, really oh, good. Yeah. And some of it was like, oh, God, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. She's, but it's she's fine. A cute little nugget. That's fine. Can't help it. And then mm-hmm. um, for the 1984 version, accuracy to the book was honestly surprising. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting this version to be as close as it was. Yeah. Emma. Okay. I have four for each movie. I'm Jesus. sorry. Uh, I may have a problem. So for the 84 version, I have 80s porn intro coming in hot, though. 
because that music in the intro of that movie, I was like, I'm just waiting for the oh. pizza guy or like the printer repairman. I didn't to even show talk up. about it. Uh, Tangerine Dream did the music for the '84 version. Uh, I forgot mm-hmm. what the popular song is, but it's all synth and electronicy. And John Carpenter and his son did the music for the '22 version. He was supposed to do. He was supposed to actually direct the original one, but then the money from the thing came back and I was like what the thing made 17 cents get the fuck out of here <laughs> so John Carpenter wasn't involved with it, but then when he made the new one he's like you fuck it I'll do the music I'm not doing shit at home so yeah he did the music for it it just made me giggle I was like well we have started on a beautiful <laughs> note um and then I said play science game win cool genetic abilities right <laughs> and then your horse's name is necromancer yeah. Red flag. Yeah. I like your horse's name is a fucker of death. We right. have problems. <laughs> and then my alliterative for the 84 was pursued pituitary produced pyrokinetic pre-adolescent protects papa. Yeah. And then for the 22 one, flowers, clock, forest, bunny, and a sweet Charlie. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, they, Andy and Charlie are practicing a grounding exercise to kind of bring herself down when she's getting overwhelmed. And it's start naming things that you can see around you yeah, and yeah. name them out loud. And it'll, which is honestly a mirror of the 54321 anxiety technique, which is five things you can see, four things you can touch, etc. Um, for all the senses. And then, hauntingly influential Efron really drives the king influence. So his, when he did the push, every time was very creepy Stephen King-ish. Yeah. And then a quote, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> she exploded. <laughs> she said that to the last <laughs> worker. That came out of one of the secured rooms in the new movie. I forgot. And she's kneeling in front of her and she's like, no, please. And Charlie goes, liar, liar. And you just see all this smoke. Pants on fire. And she straight up a fucking splooge on the ground with just tennis shoes and some hair. Jeez. Uh And I was like, Christ. And then my alliterative for the 22 was extreme X-Men-esque ex-experimentalists explosively extort experimentees. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, so this film came out May 11th, 1984, and also May 13th, 2022. So we'll do with the old one first. Interesting that they were almost on the same date. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You couldn't have, like, really striven to get it on the same fucking date. Like, you could have done that. <laughs> Maybe the 11th now would have been... Probably a Tuesday. Yeah, and I, they drop or movies. Wednesday. It's, like, certain days. They, they like, like, Fridays for movies, so... Yeah. Thursday night. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's the weekend. But uh, what do you guys think? What do you ladies think? The budget for the 84 version of Firestarter was Katie. Five million. Five dollar reduce. Thank Sorry. you. Emma? I also said five dollar reduce, so I'm going to say ba da ba da ba ba. And one. And one. <laughs> 5.1. So the budget was 
Twelve dollary dues. Oh shit! For the old one. <laughs> That's a large. Oh, you know what? Most of that budget probably went to drawing that one single bullet. <laughs> they just couldn't get it right. But also the it. ten seconds of Heather Locklear that was in this oh, movie. Oh yeah. Boy, how so. she was looking great. So <laughs> she was really pretty. Yes. <laughs> so what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? Um, twenty dollar dues. Twenty dollar dues. Emma. I feel like that's way I wrong said thirty dollar dues. <laughs> thirty. And I say you both went over because the box office was in between seventeen point one and eighteen point nine dollar dues. I was close. Oh okay. wow. That did not do well. No, not really. That's rough. Uh, I mean, King. I mean also it, it, it made its yeah. money, but yeah. yeah, probably the fact that, you know, the lead character on the cover it's like, you know Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, a uh, little kid and it's like on fire, like, oh fire kid shooting fire out. Right. Meh. Yeah. It's alright. <laughs> so uh just for a lark. What do you ladies think the budget for the 2022 version was? Now, I know, Katie, you actually have not seen us. Your eyes have not seen this, this thing. Your eyes are watching God, like the book. But what do you think the budget was for the Zac Efron-led Firestarter movie? $30 dues. $30 dues. Emma? $20 dues. 20 Hey, guess what? The budget was $12 dues. Just Fuck. like the original. <laughs> Wow. How did they do that? (laughs) It was the same. I don't know how. I mean... Honestly, it's because Zac Efron was the only well-known face, really, in that. Yeah. I mean, you got Red Foreman, but he probably didn't pay a lot. Well, and he was only in there for... Yeah. He was the voiceover at the beginning, and then he literally had, like, maybe a six-minute thing in the middle where he was in the crazy house. Yeah, the facility was was legit looking. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just, like, a southern home right <laughs> like in the old one i don't know but 12 million sounds like normal money for now yeah but 12 million back in the day they're like that's really fucking expensive that's a lot. So. yeah now what do you ladies think the box office for the fire starter 2022 film is right now <laughs> 15 dollar dues 15 dollar dues emma i'm staying with 20 i don't even think it made that much 20 oh probably not the box office as of right now is 14.9 Yes! Get it, Katie. Uh, 15! It'll probably hit 15 no, when DVDs come out and stuff. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it, it'll jump I'm sure up there were like four one. people who liked the movie. Yeah, it'll jump on point one. Not anybody least. who liked the book, though. <laughs> so, it, 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 you know, it made its money. Mm-hmm. And Blumhouse is like, eh, at least it did good. Right. Excited, maybe. So, uh, the reception, you know, because it, it went up against, what, Jurassic World and... Ooh, what else did it go up against? Well, Jurassic World just came out. So, Jurassic World wouldn't have been in May. But oh, oh, they actually, in drive-in theaters, they did a double feature with Jurassic World, mm. which actually almost got it, like, a dollar redo by it with that, which mm-hmm. makes sense. I'm like, oh, let's go see Jurassic World. Oh, Firestarters first? Well, whatever. And then right. <laughs> you make good money. Yeah. So that's why I like double features at drive-ins. You, mm-hmm. you got one all right movie and then the good one. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just Right. You go for one and then you get a freebie. Yeah, take a nap or make it out or something. For right. An hour and a half. Like, get it in real quick and then watch <laughs> Jurassic Park. Like, hell yeah, Jurassic Park. So, uh, but yeah. And a lot of people said that it had an average grade of like a C, C minus. Mm-hmm. And one person, I don't think it was our favorite person, but... Rotten Tomatoes, they said, there was plenty of room to improve on the original, but Firestarter trips over that low bar and tumbles toward the bottom of the long list 
of Stephen King adaptations. Yeah, there are a lot of bad ones out there. But it just... They modernized it, and, you know, I know things have to change when you modernize things, but the choices they came up with just weren't that good. I feel like based on what Katie has said and what you've said about the book, the only thing that was really kind of legit to the book was that Rainbird was Native American. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And that's it. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, oh, let's do minority kill count. So in the old one, the the one doctor. One and hyph. Because Rainbird is meant to be Native American. Are we adding in like a Tito Turtle? I, off to the side? <laughs> I don't know. The character is meant to be Native American. I can put it to the So, phone. no, how, it would count as... Okay. Technically, I guess a minority, even though the guy was white. Yeah. Like the the actor who portrayed him was too. white. Well, yeah. since we're involving the book, we can count the book death. Well, as... if we're counting the book, then there's only one, because the doctor is white. Yeah, yeah, but in the new, the cap oh, is yeah. black. Yeah. But yeah, she's the only one that goes down. That's probably other. She's black, black there, and but... Irv is black. But Irv doesn't die. Oh, he yeah. just gets shot in the knee. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say that. Yeah, Irv is black in the new one. Um, Pinchot is black in the 84 version, but mm-hmm. he is white in the book. Well, the wife is not white oh, either. Yeah. Vicky's not white. She's Jeez. like Asian. Yeah, they changed a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> Katie's you like, I just, have questions. You want to just what, add two? Yeah. Let's add two. Let's Even two. it out. <laughs> so, we are now at 217 and a Tito Turtle. And possibly... Fake rainbird. <laughs> so. No moss. <laughs> pew pew. So, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about Firestarter? The original was better. The new one is creepy in the modern how today works. Yeah, there were but... some choices with the with the new one, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't. I didn't think this movie needed a remake. Yeah. I'm and... now intrigued just for shits and giggles on this 2002 miniseries. Oh yeah. On her later life thing. Oh, I I have no doubt it is not good. Yeah, it'll probably be. But all right. But I am now intrigued on that based. Yeah. And on this. somebody out there, because Blumhouse wants to make more of it, mm-hmm. uh, if not a sequel, maybe a prequel or a spinoff. They want to do more in this world because, hey, a, a fucking thing that gives you powers, like just be like, oh, they did Lot Six a couple more times somewhere else. Well, I was going to say, unless you just did the entire background of the lot, just call it the lot six experiment. But just be like, oh, we did it in other places. Yeah. They could easily just just build off of it. That's just the boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And have other people with powers and things go wrong. And then maybe Charlie is having to save the place, you know, save Maine because she's always Maine. But like, I I can see where they want to go with this. So Mm -hmm. hopefully it works out because I like seeing Stephen King adaptations modern day because usually they're pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, anything else? Nope. So with that, that is the end of the show. So if you have any other cool fun facts about Stephen King, oh, like when uh, he got ran over by that van and he was like on the verge of death, uh, one guy from Death Row asked him, hey, what's the ending to Dark Tower? Because I'm going to die in like a week. And he's like, bro, if I knew it, I'd told you. But I don't know. Because I make every book when I make it. And he's like, oh. He's like, 
Rolling wins? I, I, I don't know what to give you, so that's what the, he gave the guy. He felt bad. He mm-hmm. couldn't give him something. He's like, I'm sorry, bro. But you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. <laughs> we have an email, it is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at Allentown Presents. So the music you're listening to, that is Flipping the Combined Effort, Flipping the CE, anywhere you can listen to them. I believe we're doing some concerts and stuff, so check them out. A studio pizza. Thank you so much for the artwork. I say that every week. I'm going to keep saying it until I do it. And yeah, with that, we have at least one more Stephen King story. I forgot what we were going to do, but hey, we'll figure it out. You got a week. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But no, we'll figure it out. So, uh, like I said, I'm excited. Stephen King, my favorite thing. So, like always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with another Stephen King story. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Toots. Charlie, burn it down. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Drew Barrymore says, let's fucking go. <laughs> let's fucking go. <laughs>